Hey friends, today we will be talking about something that is as integral to India's political landscape as the ballot boxes themselves. This particular issue has been used as a pendulum to sway political opinions ever since independence and it is something that has shaped Indian politics along the way. You might have already guessed the topic of discussion. It is indeed the Ayodhya dispute that finally came to an end in November last year. Let us briefly go over the history of the dispute as we know it. In 1528, Mughal Emperor Babur is believed to have constructed the Babri Masjid. In 1885, one Mahant Rahubir Das seeks permission to build a temple near the Babri Masjid. His plea was rejected to avoid unnecessary riots between Hindus and Muslims. Many years pass and along the way, a lot of people claim that the mosque was built on a temple, but Hindus and Muslims continue to worship in different places. Two years after independence is when everything heats up. Ram's idols are found inside the central dome of the masjid and no one knows how they came to be. Both the sides file cases and Hindus demand to be allowed to worship inside the mosque. But the site is locked and no religious activity is permitted. Ten years later, Nirmohi Akhra claims that the land belongs to him and subsequently files a case as well. Two years after that, in 1961, the Sunni Central Board of Waf files a similar suit and claims ownership of the site. In 1984, the Vishwa Hindu Parishad launches a campaign for the Ram Temple to be constructed and calls it the birthplace of Ram. Faizabad court allows Hindus to pray inside the mosque, but Muslims protest and form a Babri Mosque Action Committee. Fast forward to 1990, LK Advani launches a Rath Yatra demanding a temple to be constructed. In 1992, the Babri Masjid is demolished by Karsevaks. In 2002, a three-judge bench is formed to determine the ownership of the disputed land. The HETSI asks the ASI or the Archaeological Survey of India to provide evidence against the claims of a temple being under the mosque. The ASI in 2003 finds the said evidence, but we will expand on that a bit later. Muslim organizations dispute this evidence. Then we come to the new age part of the conflict. In 2010, the Allahabad High Court asked the land to be equally divided among Nirmohi Akhara, the Hindus and the Muslims. All sides file petitions against this. Then in 2019, a constitution bench of five judges led by C.J. Ranjan Gogoi is formed. They resume the title hearings but suggest mediation first. The mediation committee fails to achieve a consensus and the court hearings comments. After 40 hearings, the court reserves its judgment. And on November 9, 2019, the bench clears way for building a temple and orders for the land to be given to the Muslims at a prominent place in Ayodhya to build a mosque. This is the brief history of the dispute, but now let us look at the Supreme Court verdict more clearly. One of the major things cited often is the ASI report of 2003, but the Supreme Court in its 2019 verdict concludes that ruins don't necessarily mean demolition. The judgment clearly notes that the temple identified by the ASI goes back to the 12th century, which is about four centuries before Babur came into India. In short, the court held the judgment that the ASI report has one major thing unanswered, and that is whether a Hindu temple was demolished to pave way for a mosque to be built. Therefore, the judgment was not based on historical lines, but rather on who had the possession of the Babri Masjid. Now let us look at the inner and the outer courtyard of this disputed land. 
The mosque is in the inner courtyard and the various Hindu shrines have been worshipped in the outer courtyard. The court clearly mentions that it is true in matters of faith and belief that the absence of evidence might not be the evidence of absence. And it also makes it clear that the decision was based on the basis of possession of land and not on the basis of faith or archaeological evidence. Since both sides weren't able to provide evidence of title, the court moves to possession of the land instead. Simplifying the legal jargon, the court stated that the decision was made because Muslims were not able to show exclusive possession of the inner courtyard before 1857. But the issue is that the burden of proof was not placed on the Hindu side and even the court itself mentions that Hindus had exclusive possession of only the outer courtyard. Also, the people who demolished the masjid were never put behind bars. One can argue the opposite and say that the ruins found by the ASI was indeed a temple, but we do not have conclusive proof to establish either of these claims and the Supreme Court of India notes this and makes a judgment with what is available. At the end of the day, the decision made by the Supreme Court put an end to a dispute spanning 70 years and every decision will have an opposition and people will have problems with it. That is the part and parcel of what a democracy is and that is something that we must never let go of. This was an unbiased take on the issue itself and wasn't meant to offend anyone. In conclusion, it is important that we move on from matters of faith and religion to decide electoral matters and vote on the basis of development instead. The people of this country are allowed to express their religion no matter what it is and are also allowed to be elated and happy when certain things that are important to them are accomplished. But we must all never forget that what binds us together is not our religion, but the fact that we're all Indians. Let us remember that and let us celebrate the diversity among us rather than tearing each other apart. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we also hope that you'll join us for the next one.